0: Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. Welcome to Next Week Tonight. No, it's not Next Week Tonight, I'm just kidding, but it is next month tonight. Basically, I'm getting tired of all of the rehashing over rookie takes, and I had some thoughts on veteran NFL players, uh, maybe one or two rookies, basically a lot of things that I think we should be seeing um, ahead of time. A lot of realizations that we should have come to already by this time, but we aren't even we aren't learning from history and we're caught up in the same thing we get caught up in every year and we're missing out on a lot of good moves we could be making a lot of things that we will see happen a month from now and we will be reacting to and we will either have lost out on a chance for value in dynasty leagues or we will overreact and uh, lose out value. You you know what I'm saying, guys. Once we dig into it, you'll understand for sure. But first, I do want to talk about landing spots for the rookies. And this is going to transition into talking about veterans. Like I said, we would get into. Don't worry. Don't worry. I know I said I'm tired of talking about rookies, but I'm not going to talk about rookies. I'm going to talk about landing spots and how we perceive that and I did a little bit of talking about my landing spot matrix, how I score opportunities that are available in a past podcast that was like, I don't know, a month ago now, sorry guys. Um, It's gonna be worth it guys. It really is gonna be worth it one of these stages. Some of the guys in the Fusion chat uh, have have seen some of the things. Um, It's basic stuff but the things I'm learning are gonna really be able to let me do some fun stuff here in the future. But back to landing spot matrix, I had Arizona on top and then Atlanta and Houston right behind them. Now, I admit Arizona is only scores on top if I say that the usage potential is a starter, which means they would have to draft a top rookie and put him ahead of James Conner and make James Conner just be that grinder um, support back. I don't think that's probably going to happen. So I did change their hit the, the scoring there to committee because even though I do think, as I said before, that it would open up for a starter in year two, as far as this first rookie season, um, It's probably going to be committee. And so that puts Atlanta and Houston back on top. Arizona is still right there behind, along with the Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, and Seahawks. Again, teams you're not necessarily thinking about that need a running back, but that's not the point of the landing spot matrix. It's designed to talk about the opportunity, the value to a running back that does go there. Not predicting who will draft a running back early. And so Atlanta and Houston. A lot of people think, you know, I've heard a lot of people actually hoping Brees Hall goes to Atlanta and a lot of things. But another name I keep hearing talk about uh, is Houston. People keep talking about how bad it would be for a running back, any running back, let alone Brees Hall, to go to Houston Texans and I'm not sure why people are that down on it. Like Obviously, they're a bad team, um, but they don't have a ton of talent on the roster. There's not any other running back, real running back competition. I don't understand what would be bad about that because, well, you'll see. Let's Let's review really quick. So Houston, as far as overall team rushing stat ranks, okay, uh, the 28th most rush attempts, which is means not a lot, right? 420 I think. the 29th most rushing yards, the 29th worst <laughs> yards per carry or sorry 29th best, which means you know third worst, fourth worst uh, and the 30th 30th most rushing touchdowns. So that sounds really really bad, doesn't it okay? Um, but here's the thing. I lied. That wasn't Houston's rankings. Houston was worse than that. They were basically the worst across the board, but the rankings I just gave you and you agree are really bad, not good at all. Um, that was the Steelers. I gave you the Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers rankings. Najee Harris was the running back three on the season as a rookie. Tell me that this is not an acceptable, comparable situation. Now, I do know, I I do think the Steelers are one of those teams that are more apt to give a running back the kind of volume they gave to Najee Harris. And yes, I think Najee Harris was volume driven. But if Houston was not that far behind Pittsburgh with what they were rolling out there for running backs as a team, uh, and Rex Burkhead can score like 29 points like the week 15 or something, um, I've got to think that a good running back would get them up to the same level as a team, offense rushing at least, as the Steelers. So, and I don't know, I'm not saying, you know, the running back that goes to Houston is going to be running back three next year. I, I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying let's stop being so just reactionary and actually look at history and evidence, and realize that it's not a bad position for a rookie to go to Houston. It's a great position. No competition, lots of junk time. Like, it's a great position for a rookie to go and just get lots of volume. And it doesn't have to be Najee Harris volume, but it needs to be better than Javante Williams volume, right? And they just need to be more efficient than Najee Harris, right? Um, So, When a running back, whether it's Priest Hall, Kenneth Walker, even Isaiah Spiller, uh, goes to the Texans with high draft capital and people want to fade that, I'm telling you right now to be ready for that and to be ready to not buy into it and to accept the value that's going to be presented to you because of that situation. I'm telling you right now, because this is next month tonight. That's the whole point. Remember? Okay. Now, back to, I told you we'll lead into the veterans. Um, so every year there's running backs that get pumped up to a ranking that is quite possibly the highest they will ever rank in the rest of their career. So Najee Harris, right? It <laughs> just had running back three. He's being pumped up. Um, typically in a running backs career for him to have the kind of fantasy season we want top three back like Harris did. Um, you need him to get either the kind of volume Harris got or he needs to have like Christian McCaffrey type usage in uh, receiving. Or he needs James Conner type of efficiency and touchdowns, right? Running back five. Uh, I I guess I should say Eckler for receiving to keep it consistent in uh uh 2021 or Jonathan Taylor kind of breakaway touchdowns and big yards, big plays. Um, Harris didn't have any big plays, not at all. Um, I think 38 yards was his longest run or something. Um, so just not there. Not good yards per carry. Doesn't not efficient. Um very very much used in the passing game. Uh will that continue to the same level? I highly doubt it. Uh will his volume stay at the same level? Um it could, but honestly, that's that's kind of dangerous. And I I think it would be very silly of them to continue. They're gonna just work him into the ground. If they do that, it's going to be a what we're seeing now from uh, Derek Henry and Christian McCaffrey when they get overused kind of thing. It's not a good idea. And I know he's young and so maybe he'll stand up to it for another year or two. But if he continually gets that kind of usage, unnecessary workload, Um, he could easily just be given the ball and used when he's in. He doesn't need to be in all the time and when I am talking about workload that's what I'm talking about I'm talking about snaps not touches I'm talking about snaps um extremely high so that's a concern for Harris uh so his volume it's not increasing his his rushing volume his snap volume none of that is is ever going to be increasing um his efficiency could increase Uh, Oh, sorry. Back to volume. Rushing volume is not, is not increasing. Um, His passing volume, receiving volume is, is likely not going to uh, definitely not exceed. I would venture to guess it's going to go down. Um, That was just a hallmark of Roethlisberger. We've seen this. There is a little bit. The quarterbacks do add to their running backs in the receiving in, in the targets department that when it changes to another running back, you see it dip a little bit. Um, Harris has did not show such an amazing efficiency as a receiver to continue to deserve outlandish targets. And he didn't get outlandish targets, except for that one game. We all know, 19 targets. Ridiculous. That's not happening again. You take that away and it's, oh my goodness, he has a lot less. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Najee Harris, um, all I'm trying to say is if you can sell him for King's Ransom now, you should do it. Um, Because the NFL draft is an uncertain thing. And so if you can get the top dollar for him now, worst case, uh, best case scenario um, for the Harris owner is nothing changes and you go into next season and he's getting that kind of volume. But once again... He's not going to be improving on last season. So if you can get a return based on last season's production, then you are securing his cost, his return now. And again, worst case, he, he just does it again. But most likely he's going to go down, and which means you wouldn't be able to secure that return on value now i mean you won't be able to return the same value then as you could now all right i probably said that very confusing all i'm saying is do it now before something happens when a player is at the peak who's just an overall altruism not altruism i'll have to think of the actual word i mean in a minute but overall saying which is when a player is at the peak whether it's a wide receiver one or running back one whatever um except for a few real cases where it's justifiable to keep them there. um, You should be selling. You should be cashing in. And so you should go ahead and cash out on Najee Harris. The other one I mentioned as well before, just briefly because he's a player who did well with just shared volume, Javante Williams, and everyone's all excited about Najee Harris and Javante Williams year two, and excited that Javante Williams did so well with such little volume and yet was only, you know, this much behind Najee Harris even. Um, The problem there is they're assuming that Javante Williams is now suddenly gonna be getting a full workhorse workload. That's typically not been the Broncos' M.O. That's not how they've done things. And just because Delvin Gordon hasn't signed with them yet, or they haven't drafted another running back yet, doesn't mean one of those things is not going to happen. And it's going to happen. You need to sell Javante Williams. Now, I told you this over a month ago. You need to sell him for top five running back now because he won't ever be a top five running back again. He's never getting that kind of volume. The team isn't doing it. He's not. He's going to do well. That offense is going to throw the ball and yet also use him, but they're not going to dump off passes to him. Okay, Carson, Chris Carson was a very good receiving back and barely got used as much as we would hope. He he got used decently, but not much because Russell Wilson's got a cannon and he can throw the ball deep. He doesn't always throw the ball deep. He might use the slot a lot like he did with a Baldwin. Sometimes lock it. Now he's got Judy. He's got options is the point, And it's not going to be Javante Williams nearly as much as you want it to be. Sell him for top five running back price now. And I do see him at running back four and five with Najee up at two or three. That is not reasonable. I'm telling you now we can come back to this in a year, two, You will see if you can cash out. Now, what kind of cash out am I talking about for these players? You need to get a wide receiver. You need to get picks. You need to get a younger rookie running back plus picks. Anything, that's the best case scenario. If you can get like the 101 and some other picks, or you can get a, um, it sounds crazy because you're trading back for like an old player, but get a Leonard Fournette and... Uh, the 103 and you can get Kenneth Walker or something and you have Leonard Fournette those two to get that's better than just having Najee Harris um, and you probably get more than that all I'm saying is that's that's what you got to do you got to get out of those guys now especially Javante because the moment they draft someone or Melvin Gordon could sign back there literally before this podcast even publishes and his vol his his Potential crashes, Um, at least his perceived potential. I'm saying it's this is what I'm saying, guys. We should already know these things. We should have already anticipate these things. Um, Stop reacting and start anticipating. Okay, that's the point. Stop reacting. Start anticipating. We should know these things. All right, wide receivers. It's very similar concept. We always forget about a lot of these players. We get all excited. You know Cooper Cup is my wide receiver one in redraft and dynasty. I've talked about how he's entering his golden age. We've seen Antonio Brown and Devontae Adams, who's only a year older, but Antonio Brown, who's several years older, um, continue to do what he does. And even per game basis, he's like top five wide receiver last year per game. Um, So Brandon Cooks. I'm gonna say a bunch of names because I don't have a lot to say on them each particular, but these are the kind of players that you want to look at. Of course, of course, Brandon Cooks, always forgotten. Uh, also, Houston, just buy good players on bad teams, guys. All right, Michael Thomas, same situation. Um, they, he's got Jameis Winston. He's healthy. He's got uh, a new coaching situation. I don't know what exactly Michael Thomas's situation issue was, but I. Don't think he doesn't want to play. And I don't think he's going to pull an Allen Robinson on you. Um, If he did, it was last year. I think he's coming back this year with something to prove. All right. Hunter Renfro going to get forgotten about with the big Devontae Adams signing. But Carr is there. He's not going anywhere. New contract, right? Waller. Yeah, we know he's there. I think all three of these guys can be good. Um, Renfro probably won't cap out quite as high as he did last year, but he can still be a very strong wide receiver, three uh, low end wide receiver, two uh, on some weeks. And you you don't have to pay those kind of prices to get him. Um, and then in the last one, I mentioned it before, you can get him for super cheap now. Antonio Brown, throw him on the end of your dynasty teams. I'm sorry, just just do it. Um, you're going to get a couple starts out of him, even if he goes nuts and, and, you know, goes crazy, you're going to get something out of him, throw a fourth rounder, throw that player that the other team has irrational hope in. That's going to finally do something like a Deshaun Hamilton or sorry, what year is it? Okay. Um, Maybe not Deshaun Hamilton. But you know what I mean. That kind of player that people seem to like. Terrace Terrace Marshall. He's going to do something this year. Trade him for Antonio Brown. You're actually going to get usable starting weeks out of Antonio Brown if he signs somewhere. And the moment he signs somewhere, you're not going to be able to get him for those players. So again, anticipate, not react. Okay. um, Last. Topic. Wrapping up, you know, we talked running backs, wide receivers, rookies, tight ends. All right. So I've gone into the data for why I'm saying this on the episodes I did titled something about ADT, ADP values and how we did, right? Um, early tight end is for the fishes, guys. There's There's no greater fish move than drafting a tight end in the first round. I'm sorry, unless you have a two PPR tight end premium, okay? We're talking double of what the wide receivers have. Even 1.75 is still, you're still pushing for it. You're really pushing it. Um, unless you have that, then taking a tight end, it does not return the value you want You think you're creating, you think you have stability and strength in this position, but you don't. You have average. You have risk. You have sunk cost, right? And uh, meanwhile, you're going to get beat by a team that picked up someone like Dalton Schultz off waiver wires and other not obviously coming years. I'm talking about past years, whoever the next one is going to be, because they were actively looking for that guy because they didn't have the sunk cost in a first round tight end and you do. And so you have to, I strapped this guy. I'm. Um, this is, I bet on him and I have to ride it out. And you know what? If you make that bet and it works, it might work, but it hasn't for what, like three years now because kelsey's great but and it feels great being to put him in there and see points every week but the opportunity cost means you're not getting points at other positions where you should be and the difference between that high value wide receiver running back the difference in the points that your bad running back is scoring versus the one you could have had is what i mean uh That difference is far greater than the difference between Travis Kelsey and Hunter Henry, right? So that's the point. That is what you're looking for, the greater the distance between replacement. And when you go for a top tight end, the drop to his possible replacement is far less than the drop between the wide receiver running back you could have had and the replace that, that, that you're stuck with starting now instead. And it, it doesn't cut it. And it's a fish move. Stop doing it. I, again I've gone into the data of why in the last year and so on. But I keep seeing it. I don't care if it's I don't care if it's Kyle Pitts or not, guys. It still doesn't help. Fight me about it. Come on. You come on the podcast, and if you if you think you got data, if if you think you can prove it, come on the podcast and prove to me that tight end early tight ends actually help you win. They don't. Fake football, fight me, bring it on. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you're selling your running backs um, that are overvalued, young guys. Um, I forgot to mention when I was talking about that, if you're, I talk about history, right? So think of like Miles Sanders, and he was only like running back 10 value at tops, and we were saying, sell him. He just had a crazy receiving year because they didn't have anyone else to throw to. Um, it's very similar situation with Najee Harris and even Javante where like, it's not going to get better. This is the best cash out now. I can't emphasize that enough. Have a good day, guys. Have a good week, a good month. Uh, hope you enjoy your drafts. I should have something out more about rookies and rookie ranks pre-draft before the NFL draft. I will try and do that. See you next time, guys. Have a good night.